Hey peeps, Chip here to tell you about Real Talk Memphis, the podcast, a new name for the same great show. So join me for great guests with great talk. It's Mondays, 6 to 7 p.m. on WYXR 91.7 FM, the TuneIn app, WYXR.org, or wherever you get your podcast. Now, go out and tell somebody. And it is straight up 6 o'clock on Monday, May 10th, 2021. On the day the FDA has decided that, yes, ages 12 through 15 can also get vaccinated. More on that in a minute. But as we usually do right around this time, Real Talk Memphis starts now. With your main chip Washington. When it comes to information, the main got an arsenal. Bring you up to speed with what you need. He's a local and nationwide news feed. Let's talk about it. Dialect to do something about it. Chip got the flow wide open if you got questions about it. Main, it's the show that brings you to your raw. To solve all problems, it starts with real talk. It's real talk. And here we go, here we go, here we go. It is Monday, as I said a few minutes ago. And uh, usually at this time of day, uh, and it, by the way, it was a pretty nice day as well. It is time for Real Talk Memphis. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Very happy to be here. Very happy to have you with us on this day. I trust that uh, you had a good week since we last communicated. And yesterday, of course, was Mother's Day. So um, I hope that uh, each and every one of you mothers, uh, uh, who are mother figures, uh, who are grandmothers, anybody who helped to mold and shape and raise and and, and bring us up, uh, I hope that you and I trust that you had a wonderful, wonderful Mother's Day uh, on yesterday. Um, So uh, having said all of that, Moving forward, uh, we are uh, starting a brand new week, of course, and uh, we are going to uh, kind of look back on some things. There has been a lot of news the last uh, day or so, and uh, we are going to get into that in a minute. Have a pretty good show for you tonight. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, COVID and vaccinations. Uh, big news this afternoon, late this afternoon, the FDA has approved and said yes uh, that ages 12 to 15 can now get vaccinated or now um, can now get the Pfizer shot. And we're going to talk to someone who is expert in the world of uh, uh, pediatric care. He is Dr. John McCullers. He'll be my first guest tonight. And uh, as we move along, now I have to preface my next guest by saying I have been trying to get this man 
for the last couple of years. He doesn't do many interviews at all. And when, when I get him on, and hopefully we will get him on here shortly, he will say the same thing. I will ask him, I say, why don't you do interviews? He just doesn't do many. Uh, but anyway, he uh, is a recent inductee into the Tennessee Broadcasters Radio Association Broadcasters Hall of Fame. He is Bobby O.J. Uh, you can listen to him each and every morning, 6 to 10 a.m. on WDIA Radio. And uh, the next half hour, we're going to talk to a, a man that many of you know uh, from his business. Uh, he is a car dealer. Uh, he runs Chelsea Auto Mart. And many of you, as I've perused his page, are very, very happy with the not only the vehicles that he has, but the service that he provides as well. There was a story about Marvin Coleman uh, in the paper last week. It really got my attention. This man has had quite the road, and I would say a rough road to a redemptive road, and now he is helping to give back to the community, and that is, of course, uh, something that I am very interested in. And uh, when you hear a story, I think you'll be interested in it as well. If you have celebrated a birthday, an anniversary, or a special occasion like, oh, let's just say you're part of the class of 2021, and you had commencement this weekend. Congratulations to each and every one of you. I saw several, uh, you know, pictures on Facebook and other social media um, venues showing uh, proud graduates and proud parents of graduates and relieved parents of graduates <laughs> as well. So that for the U U of M and uh, UT and, and and several other places that, and now we're going to start to see that now in the next few weeks. More and more graduations are are coming up uh, as well. But congratulations to each and every one of you. Um, if you're celebrating a birthday, happy birthday and anniversary, happy anniversary. I will take note of a couple of birthdays that I'm aware of. Uh, today, uh, Beverly Elaine Johnson, a.k.a. Bev Johnson, WDIA Radio fame. She's celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday to you, Bev. And Mike Williams, the former uh, president of the Memphis Police Association, is also celebrating his birthday today as well. So, uh, you two, along with so many other folks <laughs> who are celebrating a birthday today, uh, congratulations to you and happy birthday. I said it before and I'll say it again. It only takes one. If one of you reaches out to me and says, Chip, got a birthday coming up, uh, anniversary or something special coming up, you know, would you mind shouting this out on the radio? You know, I'm on the radio, right? You do know that, right? You're listening to me actually on the radio. It's a podcast. So we can actually put that out there. We can mention it. We can uh, make you a star. We can make you a shining star. Look, if you guys can go on Facebook hours before your actual birth day date <laughs> and, and promote it, and especially the day of your birthday, hey, it's my birthday, then you can uh, you know shoot me a messenger or shoot me an email, cwrealtalk at gmail.com. Let me know you have a special day or a special event or a special occasion coming up, and I will hook you up. I also want to, um, uh, before I move too far into this, uh, acknowledge uh, the passing of someone who was um, very important to me. Uh, Greg Peters, Gregory Peters, uh, was a big-time radio guy in this town for a long, long time, and uh, he Passed away suddenly uh, the end of last week, and uh, I, uh, I, I, I tell you, when I heard the news, I was I was stunned. I was floored. I really was. Um, anything that's sort of unexpected, you know, kind of you 
get that general reaction, and that was the reaction I got. He, ever since I decided I wanted to try my hand at this radio deal, um, I sought him out. I sought his counsel. I sought his, I sought his advice and, uh, you know, just, you know, what to do, how to do it. And he never hesitated, not one time, to reach out to me and say, Chip, you know, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, he was just very supportive, very encouraging. And not a lot of folks will help you, especially if you're in the business that they're in as well. You know, folks feel like it's a competitive thing. I'm not competing with anybody. I'm just trying to do what I feel compelled to do. So uh, Greg died. He was 54 years old. And um, uh, may he rest in peace. And I know he's looking down on us now uh, from heaven with some headphones on and doing his thing. So uh miss you, big guy, and uh, thank you for everything you have done. Uh, news and notes. I read earlier this morning that Memphis is ranked number three as the most dangerous city in America, only behind Detroit and St. Louis. Now, if you were, you know, out and about this weekend or you turned on some news, you heard, you know, typical, the violence, the shootings, everything just continues on. It's becoming as normal as you getting up, getting dressed in the morning, and I don't know what to say about it, and I don't know what we can do about it. We have a new police chief that will um, uh, take office officially in June, I believe June 14th. Uh, C.J. Davis uh, is going to be the new police chief of the Memphis Police Department. I don't think one person can help to change what is going on out here in these streets uh, many have tried. Uh, this is a societal situation. And when 201 Poplar, CJC, whatever you want to call it, whenever it becomes actually something that people don't want to go to, then I think we're going to be okay. Then maybe we'll see some change. Maybe we'll see a difference in, in how things are done. Because right now, let me tell you something, uh, there is no deterrent. And uh, I know Bobby... OJ likes to talk about this a lot, so we'll we'll have that conversation, I'm sure, uh, in, in a few minutes at, at, as well. Um, there were six people shot and killed last night in Colorado Springs at a birthday party. Um, apparently, the suspect was a boyfriend of one of the female victims. Uh, he shot and killed six people, then he shot and killed himself. Uh, so, you know, prayers for all concerned. There were nine mass shootings in this country this this past weekend. And I heard this on CNN before I left uh, to come here. 400 people in this country were shot in 72 hours. 400 people were shot in 72 hours in this country. Tell me there's no problem. There's a big problem. Four teens ages 17 through 19 are in custody for the shooting and wounding of a Memphis Police Department uh, officer and a an ATF officer, that happened on Friday afternoon. Four teenagers, ages 17 through 19, are in custody for first-degree murder, attempted first-degree murder, and various other charges as well. Bad weather yesterday in uh, Tipton County in particular. I know some of us saw some rain and heard some thunder and, and got a little downpour, but they had a tornado and it was determined that it was an EF1 tornado that roared through that area uh, yesterday, late yesterday afternoon, early evening. And if you watch the news, uh, they had some damages out there. It's going to take a minute for them to um, sort of, re, you know, assess things. And, of course, the cleanup is always going to be a difficult uh, journey as well. 
There's a new health directive coming out this week for Shelby County. Uh, we all know that the governor has dropped the restrictions and the mandates statewide, but uh, what is Shelby County going to do? Well, we'll find that out uh, coming up on Wednesday when the new health directive comes out. Um, as I said earlier, uh, now that we have the 12 to 15 uh, year olds that are eligible for the vaccine, the question is, what will the parents do? Will the parents say, yeah, we're going to get our kids vaccinated? There is a vaccine hesitancy, uh, not only here in Memphis, but throughout the state of Tennessee as well. Uh, so we'll see how all that shakes out. Uh, in the meantime, there is a barbecue cooking contest, which is sort of the first leg of the uh, Memphis in May uh, deal. It's going to be a lot smaller, a bit scaled down, but it will happen later on this week. So if you are into all of that barbecue and that food smelling good and, and going down there, you know, Riverside Drive, help yourself. Have a good time and enjoy yourself uh, down there. It looks to me as if a lot of folks are saying, yeah, you know, this COVID thing's about over. If you go out in the streets, you don't see a lot of folks with masks on. You don't see a lot of folks uh, doing the social distancing thing. It is what it is in terms of that. But uh, And I do think that we're going to see some, a lessening of restrictions. But we are going to talk to Dr. McCullers about that in just a couple of minutes. And um, pay attention to what this is about because this is going to happen nationwide. <laughs> you know, during COVID... A lot of folks lost their jobs, many not of their own doing. They just lost their jobs because, you know, everything had to close down. Everything had to change. Well, uh, they increased uh, unemployment benefits to people. Uh, if you were unemployed, you got an additional $300 plus whatever you got initially. Well, um, in most of this country, most people think that this thing is about done. So the, the various states now are starting to pull back on the unemployment. So in other words, if you're sitting at home saying, why should I go to work for $9.25 an hour when I can stay home and get an extra $300, $350, $400 a week in unemployment? That's about to stop. Um, Mississippi joined that group this afternoon, and sometime uh, next month they are going to uh, cut that out. In other words, nothing extra, just what you get. And basically they say, get up and go back to work. So Arkansas decided last week they were going to do that as well. So you're going to start to see that momentum start to build. The days of sitting around the house watching reruns and watching, you know, movies on TV are over. It is time to get back uh, to work. Uh, as Mississippi governor said this afternoon, Tate Reeves, uh, Mississippi is open for business. Well, I guess Tennessee is as well and Arkansas is as well. So that about wraps up news and notes. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to have our first guest. Hopefully he is Dr. John McCullers. This is Real Talk. You know who you are. I am Chip and we will be right back. You're listening to Real Talk with Chip Washington. If you're celebrating a birthday, anniversary, or special occasion, shoot him a note and he'll read it on the air. Get involved and tell somebody about Real Talk. We'll be right back. You're listening to WYXR 91.7 FM Memphis. This is Nancy, and I hope you'll join me on a musical journey from 2 to 4 p.m. Mondays with Memphis Undercover. 
Hey Memphis, my name is Ron Buck. I am looking forward to bringing you my show, Riverside, every Friday from 1 to 2 p.m. I will be playing rock and blues, old and new, and featuring Memphis music and events. I hope you'll tune in to Riverside every Friday at 1 p.m. on WYXR 91.7 FM, Raised by Sound. Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis. Uh, I'm your host, Chip Washington. Very happy to have you with us and very happy to have my first guest with us. He is a the, pediatri- the pediatrician, excuse me, I've been, I've been rehearsing that too, the pediatrician-in-chief uh, at Le Bonner uh, Children's Hospital. He's also the chief of pediatrics at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center. And if that wasn't enough, he has also been appointed to the Shelby County Board of Health. He is Dr. John McCullers. And Dr. McCullers, thank you again for being on uh, the show tonight. I really appreciate it. Great to be on with you again, Mr. Washington. <laughs> well, I don't know who that is, but, I'm, but 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 Chip is very grateful to have you on the show. So well, you got to call me John, too, then. Okay, John. Okay, we'll do that. So, listen, we got a lot to get to here, so let's let me jump right on in. Um, it seems as if uh, there is a trend taking shape in this country and that COVID is starting to maybe make that right turn. Uh, we're seeing restrictions being lifted across the country and mask mandates changing and, and lots of different things changing. And And I know that you are uh, on the, the Board of Health uh, for Shelby County, and uh, you all have been having some uh, pretty intense discussions on making some changes, and it looks like this week that will happen. So can you kind of give us a preview of what we might expect? Yeah, I think what we'll see is this Wednesday, the health department's going to issue a new health directive, which will go into effect on Saturday night. And what they're going to say is that it's no longer mandatory to wear a mask. It's no longer mandatory for businesses to take certain precautions that we've all been taking over the last year. Instead, the language is going to change to strongly recommend you wear a mask in certain situations, like when you're indoors or particularly if you're not vaccinated, you wear a mask everywhere, and it's gonna tell businesses strongly recommended to keep up that social distancing Mm -hmm. and to have people wear a mask indoors, but it won't be required or mandated anymore. So having said what you just said, you realize that the not being mandated, uh, but being recommended, that, that part may fall off of somebody's ears and they're going to be like, OK, we don't have to wear a mask anymore. Are you concerned at all, you know, that folks will take half the message? Because what you just said was, you know, yeah, we are we are relaxing things a bit, but you really need to kind of use your own judgment in terms of all this. Am I correct? Yeah. And that really is part of it. There's two sides to the coin here. The first is that something like two thirds of all of Shelby County has either been vaccinated, that's Mm. about a third, or has had COVID already, that's about a third. Mm -hmm. But for those who have been vaccinated, 
you know, maybe they do get to make some choices. Maybe it's quite reasonable to say, if you're going to go see an outdoor concert, you're not with a bunch of strangers, you're with your buddies. Well, you, you don't have to wear a mask, right? It shouldn't be mandated. People should have some choice. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the flip side of that coin is there's a lot of people have been vaccinated. Unfortunately, most of those are in our neighborhoods of color right now. Mm-hmm. Mostly our, our African-American uh, citizens, our Hispanic citizens are the ones who the vaccine hasn't really made it to yet or who have not been willing to get the vaccine to this point. So that obviously is an obstacle. And we have seen not only uh, here, but nationwide, there is a a general vaccine um, sort of hesitancy overall. I mean, things are going well for a while. And our older population, uh, pretty much what, 70 percent plus of them have been fully vaccinated. But uh, things have have suddenly stopped a bit. And uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, so there's a core group who I wouldn't say are anti-vaccine. They're really anti-COVID. They don't think it's important. They don't think it applies to them. They're not really worried about it. That profile is really, in Tennessee, it's our white, conservative, typically evangelical, typically rural citizens that really just say, I don't really care about COVID. I'm not getting the vaccine. Not because I don't believe in vaccines, but because I just don't think COVID's important. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different in our, our, our communities of color. Most of them are not unwilling to get the vaccine. It just hasn't risen up the priority or they've had trouble getting, you know, access to it for a variety of different reasons. Just hasn't really happened yet. And most of them are willing to do it if we can reach out and get it to them. That's the challenge right now is how do we do that? We are speaking with Dr. John McCullers. He is the pediatrician-in-chief at Lebanon Children's Medical Center. He's also the chair of pediatrics at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center. Okay, this is right in your wheelhouse because this afternoon, uh, late this afternoon, the FDA uh, approved giving the vaccine to ages 12 to 15, the Pfizer vaccine. Give me your take on that. Oh, I think it's fantastic. I've got 13-year-old and 15-year-old boys. And the minute I can get them vaccinated, <laughs> I'm getting them out there and doing it, okay. you know, just to get rid of that worry. You yeah, know, yeah. kids don't have as much disease with uh, COVID as adults do, but some of them do have severe disease. I've got plenty of kids at Lebanon in the intensive care unit mm-hmm. with severe disease. It's just rarer than in adults. Uh, but I want to get them vaccinated just so they don't have to worry about that. And they don't have to worry about long term effects. There's so many of these kind of weird long term effects that we don't understand yet. No reason to take that risk in my mind. So, you know, having said what you said, there are a lot of cases out here um, uh, with this uh, 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 this new variant or this uh, this different variant that we're seeing. And uh, and it's affecting a lot of our young people. Uh, Do you think that now that uh, it has been uh, approved for emergency use, um, that parents will subscribe to getting their kids vaccinated because you know you're hearing kind of a i don't know you know i mean it may be okay for me and then maybe for some of the adults who haven't yet been vaccinated they say well if i'm not going to vaccinate why would i vaccinate my kids is that a concern for you yeah i think we see a lot of different opinions on this you know we have some parents that are saying i didn't get the vaccine but i'm getting it to my kids because i want them to play sports i don't want them to get covid and miss you know, the season or something like that. Let's just go ahead and take care of that. Now Mm -hmm. we see some others that are saying, well, you know, the kids don't get as sick, so maybe it's not as important in them. Or or why would I use a vaccine that, you know, is, is new 
even though it's safe, the FDA says, why would I use a vaccine that's new when kids aren't going to get real sick from it most of the time? So there's kind of a lot of different opinions. We won't know until it gets out there just how much uptake we're going to see. I can tell you, you know, most of the kids that, that I've talked to in that age group, you know, kind of that high school age, yeah. they're, they want to get it. You know, they, they don't care what their parents want. They want to go ahead and get it. Okay. They're tired of wearing masks and all that stuff. They just want to get past it. Well, uh, Dr. John McCullers, it looks as if we are starting to take that bend toward uh, slowly getting back to normal. And I know all of us, including you, have been waiting a very long time for this. Um, are you, I mean, I, I know to ask the question, are you ready, is a silly question. But, I mean, as a society, we're ready. And you feel fairly confident based on the stats and everything that you see medically on a daily basis that we are ready to sort of take that curve back toward normalcy? Yeah, so I, I think there's uh, there's two points of view I have there. The, the first is I'm still very worried about the virus that's circulating out there. It is one of these variants. It is more contagious. Yeah. It is more dangerous. And we've seen a shift in who has the virus and what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's younger people. It's more people of color. Yeah. Right now, 77% of all infections are in African-Americans. That wasn't true six months ago. It is true today. Mm. And all those young people, we're seeing them in the hospital. Hospitalizations are actually rising yeah. right now from where they were a couple of months ago because of this more dangerous variant. At the same time, more than two-thirds of people, maybe 70% of people, are protected so we're ready to kind of move on for most of the population. Mm-hmm. I just worry that we're still going to see you know, some cases, some hospitalizations, some deaths before we're finally through with it. So to close this thing out, we, we, are, we are, are, are letting up, off the reins a little bit. We're, we're, we're pulling back a little bit, but it is still up to us to make wise choices and decisions, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And if you've not been vaccinated... You need to keep wearing your mask. You need to keep staying out of public. You need to do all those things we've been doing. Only if you've had the vaccine do I say, okay, we're getting closer. I think we can start opening things up and and living our lives a little bit better. Well, my friend, I have been vaccinated, fully vaccinated, so I feel very good about what you just said. And I really thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us, dropping the knowledge, as they say, and giving us uh, some factual information. And I wish for you and your family and those around you good health And until we talk again. Thank you so much, John. Appreciate it. Thank you very much as well. All right. Take care. Dr. John McCullers, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he gave us uh, some very valuable information uh, that we all need to know. So, again, bottom line is, yeah, they're going to loosen some restrictions around here, but don't get silly with it. It's all on us, okay? If you've not been vaccinated, go out and get vaccinated so we can get back to some normal living as things are starting to shift. Another break. When we come back, uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, Hopefully he'll be there. Bobby O.J., (laughs) legendary broadcaster radio broadcaster this is real talk i'm chip take a quick break right back If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? 
or have a guest idea, then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. everyone, this is Janet, host of Jaunt with Janet, Wednesdays from 4 to 6 p.m., bringing you new releases in the rock, pop, and electronic genres with a little bit of the old fused in, all here on WYXR Memphis 91.7 FM. Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis. I am your host, Chip Washington. And I got to tell you, before we even get into this interview, I have been chasing this man down (laughs) for a couple of years. And I don't think it is a stretch to say that he does not do interviews. He very rarely does interviews. And and if you see him, you'll see him generally on TV. But he is a radio broadcast legend uh, in this state in particular and just in his career. And yes, I'll, I'll be the 200th person to say that he was recently inducted or will be inducted into the Tennessee Radio Association Broadcasters Hall of Fame. He is WDIA, and he is Mr. Bobby O.J. Bobby, thank you so much for being with me tonight. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Chip. I appreciate that, man. Thank you for the kind words. Well, listen, I've known you uh, for a while now, and I'm, I was just, when, when you know, I reached out to you again after I had heard that you had been uh, inducted into the hall, and when you told me yes, I, I almost fell off my chair. <laughs> well, you, you know what? Yes, sir. Basically, man, you know, when, when you told me it was going to be done in this manner, I, you know, I felt comfortable doing it because I didn't have to, I didn't have to leave home. No, sir. You know, I didn't have to go through a lot. I could just, you know, dial up on my phone and do the conversation. So you made it easy to do. Well, uh, look, I appreciate that. And, and again, uh, congratulations uh, from all of us here at WYXR. But just all Bobby OJ uh, WDIF fans everywhere, not just here in the state of Tennessee, but all across the country on this tremendous honor. And I will say that it is long overdue. But having said that, how do you feel about all that? I feel great about it. I do. Uh, I was not expecting it. When I heard the news, I was like, wow. <laughs> so, I'm elated about it. It has been um, a long time coming, and I believe I heard is you are the fourth uh, WDIA radio personality to be inducted. Am I correct in that? Yes. Uh, it's Nat D. Williams, who was the first black radio personality on WDIA. And then there's Rufus Thomas. As you know, Rufus was known right. worldwide. We also uh, did a radio show on WDIA uh, pretty close to 50 years. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, then, of course, there's Bev Johnson, mm -hmm. and now it's Bobby O.J., but also WDIA, the radio station, had, uh, is in the Tennessee Radio Hall of Fame. Uh, the station was inducted the same year Rufus Thomas was inducted into the Tennessee Radio Hall of Fame. You know, you've been uh, you've been in this business a while, and do you mind uh, telling us how long you have actually been in the radio game? Since 1972. And that is how many years? I can't because I can't calculate. That's 49 years. 40, how many? 49. 49 years. 49 yeah. years. That is some kind of track record. And, you know, I listen to you every day, and, and, and I, I've heard people ask you, Bobby, when are you going to retire? When are you going to, you know, sit back, relax? And you said, when I can't talk. You love this business this much. What has radio meant to you as you, as you just take a look back over your career? Well, it's meant <laughs> a pretty easy life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I'll take that. <laughs> you know, listen, anytime you can do what you love for, you know, for a living, get, you know, get paid a decent salary for it, uh, that's a great thing. Um, I love to talk on the radio, but when I'm not on the radio, I really don't care that much for talking. You know, of course, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'll talk to people, but... You know, I'm not the kind of guy that's gonna sit around and just go blah 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 blah. But um, you know, man, for the you know, since 1972, uh, my life has just been unbelievable uh, in this radio business. From you know, from working, I could say from coast to coast, but uh, I never worked on the West Coast. Uh -huh. um, did work on the East Coast for you know, if you can call Flint, Michigan, the East Coast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you worked in Chicago too, did you not? I worked Chicago for four years, from 1978 to 1982. Okay, all right. So, so for, for those of us who don't know, what brought you to Memphis, Tennessee, and WDIA? Well, um, speaking of Chicago, before Chicago, I had worked, I got my start in Montgomery, Alabama in 1972. Mm -hmm. And uh, from Montgomery, I went, to, I went back to Milwaukee, where uh, I got my... Uh, I can't say broadcasting degree. I went to broadcasting school, but they weren't giving degrees. They were giving out, um, they weren't even giving out diplomas. They were giving out certificates. So yeah, I okay. went back <laughs> and uh, I was offered a job there after I'd been on the air for a little while in Montgomery, Alabama. And I was in Milwaukee for about a year. Mm -hmm. Then I got a job offer in Houston in 1973. So I went to Houston for about a year, left there, uh, which was a dumb mistake, and uh, <laughs> uh, some friends uh, to to Flint, Michigan, because I was thinking I'll be closer to Milwaukee. And the reason why I wanted to be closer to Milwaukee is because I had gotten married, and my wife and baby uh, didn't like Houston. So my wife told me ah. at the time, you know, if you want to save the marriage, you know, <laughs> you need to get back to Milwaukee. So I couldn't get a job in Milwaukee, so. I got a job in Flint, Michigan, Wow! and I figured I could go over there every weekend. But that was one of the biggest mistakes I ever made, really. But but then again, maybe not, because maybe I wouldn't be here. But so um, uh, after Houston, uh, I went to Dallas in 1977. Right. And then I got a phone call to go to Chicago in 78. And that was from 78 to 82. And uh, in 1983, after I had gone back to Houston for a short stint, I got a phone call. Uh, February of 83, I got a phone call uh, from the people that uh, uh, that were over at WDIA, and they asked me to 
come and be the program director and the morning man. And I, that was 1983, and I've been here ever since. We are speaking with Bobby Ojay. He is the legendary radio personality, morning guy, 6 to 10 a.m. Uh, Central Time on WDIA Radio. Heard coast to coast. And Bobby, uh, you yeah. mentioned that you are the uh, the program director. You have been for, for quite some time. For those who don't know, tell us what a program director's role is. Well, um, well it has changed over the years. Uh, when I became the program director, in 1983, my job was to um, make sure that the radio station stayed on track uh, to get ratings so we could get revenue. Okay. Uh, my job also was to oversee uh, the music that was played on the radio station, how the music was played on the radio station. My job was to hire the radio personalities, manage them, Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, you know, to, to work with them, to make sure that they were doing what they were supposed to do on the air. Uh, and everything that was on the air uh, was my job as, as program director. Everything except the commercials. We had a sales department for that. But anything else from music to the disc jockeys to the news, all of that comes under the title comes under my job duties as program director. That's everything. Like you said, that is absolutely. And that 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 that's mind-boggling that you have to do that day after day, week after week, month after month, year right. after year. Yeah, how has every, how has the role, I'm sorry, Bobby, how has the role of uh, that that role in particular changed as uh, time has evolved? Well, about 20 years ago, up until about 20 years ago, the program director uh, the program director's job, uh, some radio stations have program directors and music directors. I tried that, but I realized that every week I was going to be spending a lot of time uh, with the music director, disagreeing about what songs <laughs> ought to be played on the radio station. So since I'm responsible for the sound of the radio station, I thought it would be best if I picked the music too. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Uh, I still do that, but uh, up until about 20 years ago, uh, we would um, the uh, program director would uh, program the music with we we would use little red dots to put on each song, mm -hmm. and uh, we use a blue dot maybe for the top, you know, for the songs that need to be rotated every two hours. Uh -huh. We would put a red dot on a song that has to be rotated maybe every four hours, and so you know every week. You know, sometimes every other day you're changing the dots uh, <laughs> on the songs. On, okay, on all of these songs, right. you know, you got like maybe uh, you know um, close to maybe uh, 35, 40 songs that you constantly got to change dots on. Yeah. So every day you're running in the studio, changing these and changing that. Um, then the other thing is, is that uh, that's what happened. That's what we did up until 20 years ago. Now. Everything is done through a computer. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, right before I got on this call, I was sitting at my kitchen table programming the music uh, for tomorrow. And what I do, the uh, the music system schedules the music. But what I do, I go in and I massage every hour, meaning this, meaning I will look at the music that's going to play right. in one particular hour. And right. I'll say, well, this song is not going to sound right after this song. This song right here will sound better 
after this particular song. So every day, seven days a week, wow. I go through every hour of music on WDIA, been doing it forever, to make sure that one song flows into the next song. I mean, it's because, you know, I, uh, uh, I just don't believe in sitting around throwing a bunch of, just throwing some music on the radio. Like, you know, um, uh, when I program, man, I like to program based on based on what I like. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and so that has proven that based on what I like, a whole bunch of other people like it too, because the radio station is still doing very well. So, uh, so, you know, well, it so is. that's how I basically program the radio station, man. Every single day, I massage the music. That is really, really something. And I would have never known that process, nor would have a lot of other folks who are listening as well. Uh, WDIA is a standalone, is one of the greatest stations really in this country. And uh, before I let you go, one last question. What, in your opinion, I mean, I, I, I listen to you every morning, by the way, and I'm not just saying that because you're on the radio. I listen to you every morning because <laughs> I enjoy the music and I enjoy the callers and the colorful uh, folks as well. But what makes WDIA, in your opinion, such a great radio station? It's a fun radio station. It truly is, man. People love the radio station. Even when I was a kid listening to WDIA down in Mississippi, the radio station was just a fun sounding radio station, just fun. You know, uh, we know how to be serious, but in general, overall, it's just a fun sounding radio station. It makes people feel good to listen to the radio station. It really does. It, 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 it really, really does from the top to the bottom. And, yeah. and you are a master at what you do, not only from the music perspective, but also from the listener caller perspective as well. Bobby, Bobby OJ, congratulations again on uh, being inducted. Well-deserved, well-earned, long overdue. And I'm saying thank you from me, but from all your fans as well. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Chip. It's been fun talking to you, man. Thank you so much. Well, it's been great talking to you as well. Thank you, Bobby OJ. We'll talk soon. All right, man. Take care. All right, buddy. Bobby OJ, ladies and gentlemen, the legendary radio personality. You heard him 49 years on radio in uh, this country and being at WDIA forever and, of course, a recent inductee into the Tennessee uh, Radio Association Broadcasters Hall of Fame. One more break when we come back. We are going to talk to Mr. Marvin Coleman, and we are going to talk about his past, his present, and what he is looking at in terms of his future. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. You're listening to Real Talk with Chip Washington. If you're celebrating a birthday, anniversary, or special occasion, shoot him a note and he'll read it on the air. Get involved and tell somebody about Real Talk. We'll be right back. It's 
It's your man, Dead Boy Cortez, right now, man, checking in just to let you guys know each and every Thursday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. on WIXR, me and my man, DJ Chris Cross, gonna be going crazy on Literally Lit, man. So don't miss it. Don't miss it. 8 to 10 each and every Thursday. We'll be there. Bow! This is Bishop Phoebe Rofe of the Episcopal Diocese of West Tennessee. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. at WYXR 91.7 FM to hear conversations with community leaders about the role of faith in their lives. That's Faithfully Memphis right here on WYXR FM. Hi there, this is Zach Ives. My show, A Box of Records, plays every Tuesday night, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., right here on WYXR 91.7 FM, Memphis, Tennessee.
Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis. I am your host, Chip Washington. Very happy to have you with us. By the way, I didn't say this at the top, but uh, there are a few ways you can catch us. Uh, You can obviously catch us live uh, right now on 91.7 WYXR-FM. You can also go to the TuneIn app and put in WYXR in the search, and uh, you'll be able to pick us up crystal clearly and or you can go to the website, which is wyxr.org, and hit the Listen Live tab, and you'll be able to hear us again crystal clearly. Now, um, the show is a podcast, which means it's on several platforms that you can hear anytime. It will be posted tomorrow, uh, and um, so sometime maybe after tomorrow noon, you can go to wherever it is you get your podcast, and you can hear us uh, you can hear the show. So far, been a, been a really good show. Now, Marvin, I, I, we, I don't know if he's going to join. We're trying to get him. We're trying to get him. Uh, you know, this technology thing is a little, you know, little little little, little sketchy. Uh, but uh, if, if if we can get him, you know, we will. But uh, in the meantime, you know, the show, as they say, uh, must go on. Very enjoyable conversation. Uh, and if you missed it, please go back and 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 and, and catch it uh, uh, tomorrow. Uh, with Bobby OJ, uh, the legendary radio broadcaster, uh, you know, he, like I said, he doesn't do interviews that often. And he did do one last week. I think I saw him on Fox 13 talking about the fact that he was inducted uh, into the Radio Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, when you can have somebody, you know, come on from the comfort of their home and they're comfortable and relaxed and doing their thing, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. So, and he gave us a lot of insight into how he does what he does, and how radio has changed uh, in the last uh, couple of decades in in terms of how a program director used to be. Uh, He's been on mornings forever. I can remember, you know, listening to him 15, 20 years ago and some of the folks he had on the morning show, uh, some of the folks who are no longer, you know, with us, who are, are, you know, watching us from heaven these days. But uh, he has endured. He has lasted. And he is still doing his thing. And if you listen to his show, AM 1070, WDIA, 6 to 10 a.m. in the mornings, uh, you know, at some point, like around 9 o'clock, he takes phone calls from people. And that is, to me, sort of the icing on the cake, sort of the whipped cream on the cake for him uh, in terms of getting these folks, you know, and talking about various uh, news and notes that he sees and that he has very strong opinions about. And I think he does a lot of what he does, you know, purposely just to sort of get a rise out of some of the listeners. So they call in and express themselves on various issues. The same phone callers call each and every day. Now, there are two um, live broadcasts, his show from uh, 6 to 10, and then Bev Johnson's show is from 11 to 1. And I guarantee the same call, the same people that call <laughs> Bobby's show, uh, the same people that call Bev's show at, uh, and by the way, again, if you missed it, Beverly Elaine Johnson, 
Bev Johnson, who's also been in the business about four decades, celebrating her birthday today. And I'm sure that she got many, many, many phone calls and many texts and a lot of folks reaching out to her uh, as well. Well, I don't, Marvin hadn't, hadn't checked in. I'm looking at my guys over here and he still hadn't, he still hadn't uh, come on board. So I don't know if we're going to be able to get him uh, uh, tonight. If we don't get him tonight, we'll get him. Uh, yeah, can we do another phone? We're going to try. Hold on, uh, ladies and gentlemen, because you know Marquette and I got smart guys here. We're going to try to see if we can't get him on the phone. You want me to call him? Yeah. Okay. Hang on just a second. We're going to try to see if we can't call Marvin. We're going to see if we can't get him on the phone for a few minutes. But anyway, um, and, and uh, earlier we were talking uh, about um, uh, to Dr. John McCullers about big news this week. Big news here in Memphis and Shelby County. Of course, the governor decided a week or so ago, a couple of weeks ago, that Tennessee was open for business. Hello? Marvin, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, buddy. Some for reason I come prior to the room I was trying, man. That's okay, man. That's okay. Listen, we got you. We really appreciate it. You guys give me a time check, okay, because I can't see. He's got my phone. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have Marvin Coleman on the phone. Now, Marvin, of course, is known throughout Memphis and Shelby County uh, as the man that runs Chelsea Auto Mart. And, uh, of course, a lot of folks, uh, thank you, Marquette, a lot of folks uh, know him, and a lot of folks have some very good things to say about him. But I read an article about, about uh, him in the paper last week uh, that was done by Tanya Weathersby, and uh, it really basically talked about your story, Marvin, from the time that you were young and you had to go through some trials as well. Um, you were around when Shannon Street happened in this town. I guess you said you were 13 years old. Am I correct? Yes, sir. So, I mean, obviously that, even today in this town, is still um, resonates with a lot of people. Um, does it still resonate with you, that whole situation? Without a doubt. Uh, first, I want to thank you for having me on your show. Yes, sir. Uh, but, but without a doubt, I ran past the house almost every other day. They have tore it down, but the memory is still there. Yeah. I work in the area. I'm from the area. My best friend stays right down the street from me, so... Of course, I mean, you know, you relive that from time to time. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're um, yeah, I'm going to kind of skip ahead because I'm a little short on time. But um, you did um, serve a stint uh, in prison. Uh, you were you were you were incarcerated for a while for, um, but you paid your debt to society. And of course, I'm I'm imagining that uh, that experience in particular is what sort of led you to reconfigure your life and rechange and refocus. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, sir. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, I was a, a victim uh, of my environment. Uh, I got caught up in the drug trade. Mm -hmm. which was a war on drugs, which became a war on young black men. And my first uh, felony, adult charge I caught, cost me 13 years of federal prison. Wow. So 13 years in federal prison, uh, and so when you got out, I, I take it that you rededicated yourself, you rededicated your life to um, bettering your community. Talk about that. Yes, sir. Uh, when I went to prison, I, I didn't have a GED. I received my GED. I received my associate degree in business and commerce. I took like 59 vocational trade classes and uh, air conditioning heating, you know, so I stayed busy. 
So and 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 then and when you got out, uh, of course, uh, you know you've been doing this uh, the the car dealership for a while in the same area that you grew up in. How long have you um, owned the uh, the Automart out there, Chelsea Automart? Uh, we've been in business now for since 2015, mm-hmm. and uh, my testimony, uh, I went from washing cars to selling cars. I had a mobile detailing service first, and uh, me and my brother, we started grinding, and God blessed us with our opportunity to buy a couple of lots in the neighborhood, and we just built on it. It was a process. We bought our first lot in 2009, and we just took our time, uh, pooled our resources together, and, and built a company. We're talking with Marvin Coleman, and Marvin, I wanted to talk a little bit about your your uh, your your foundation, if you will, uh, it's called We Care Memphis. What's that all about? Oh uh, no, sir. Uh, we're we're called Partners in Unity. Partners in Unity. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was looking at. Okay, yes, I got sir, Partners in Unity. Okay, yeah. T- talk talk to us about that. Okay, well, we started in 2018. Uh, most of the guys from the neighborhood. I've got like seven, eight brothers that also been incarcerated in the federal prison system. Mm. And uh, through our other brothers who, when we got out, supported us. Uh, my brother, shout out to my brother, Apple Washington, top notch security. Uh, some of those brothers, uh, Joe Joe Brown, uh, when we started putting our resources together in 2018, we passed out a thousand backpacks. Uh, which we call the family day in 2019 we did 1500 backpacks and we just continue just to build on it uh this year for thanksgiving we passed out 250 turkeys uh for christmas we did over 330 coaching tours for our children in the neighborhood why is this important and what message are you trying to send to the community uh first of all i mean there's an epidemic going on with our young with our youth uh violence is everywhere and, uh, you know, like I say, it takes a village to raise a child. So mm-hmm. we just want to extend sometimes just the arm of love uh, to let the young men know that, uh, you know, you can change. You can better your, your, your situation, your, 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 your conditions, and even your community. So we just try to reach out on a daily basis, you know, because it's a daily job. It's not no days off on this job. It's every day we try to be of a service to our neighborhood and our community and not a disservice. Reach one, teach one. That is uh, so needed, uh, not only uh, in your community, but the entire city of Memphis and the entire county of Shelby. Marvin, I am so happy that I had a chance to uh, chat with you tonight and people had a chance to listen to you because I could hear your heart. And I, I, I can hear that you have a heart for others and that you have a heart to better the community. And I just want you to know that uh, I appreciate everything that you're doing and uh, that uh, we are always going to support you anytime you need it. Okay, hey, listen, Chip, I want to thank you again for the opportunity. I want to give a shout-out to Bible OJ, the legend, the Don. Yes, sir. Up listen to him. Uh, my mom, everybody in my family. And, uh, and also, again, like I said, uh, I thank you again for your support and also for the opportunity. Marvin Coleman, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Take care of yourself. All right, you have a good day, brother. All right, you too. All right, there you go. That's a great way to end the show. And as Marquette plays us out, uh, I tell you what, uh, this has been a good show tonight. I really enjoyed it. I always enjoy coming and visiting with you all on Mondays. And listen, if you like what we do, um, tell somebody about it, please. You know, I'm trying to get some support for this show, trying to, you know, build the show, build the audience. And I can only do it if you, if I have your support and your encouragement and your motivation. So in the meantime, in between time, uh, you guys have a great week. You be safe and you be careful. And you look after each other. Please support each other, okay? For Marquette, for Adam, for Chip, this is Real Talk Memphis. 
and we are out. It's real.